This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. You know, rather than cry about it, I thought, okay, what can I do to stay front of mind and also work on my studio? And so then I kind of decided to build another side of my business since I wasn't busy. So I started training to become a kimono dresser. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. My guest this week on the Portrait System podcast is Nadine Sachgosu. She is a former race car driver turned photographer who lives in Arcadia, California. Nadine went from doing $150 shoots to now having a 3,000 square foot studio where she builds sets for different shoots to keep her clients coming back. And speaking of getting clients to come back, Nadine made me so happy because she shares how she nurtures her past clients to turn them into clients for life. Nadine also talks about the special kimono shoots she does, how she utilizes her email list, and about her upcoming client appreciation party. Nadine is amazing at proactive marketing, and I'm so excited for you to hear this one. Okay, let's get started with Nadine Sachkosu. Hi, Nadine. Welcome to The Portrait System. Thank you for being here. Hi, good to be here, Nikki. I'm really excited to chat with you. I feel like we have a ton of stuff to cover that's going to be really helpful for people. I hope so. I'm excited. Yeah. I was looking through your website, and 
It's really interesting what one of your past careers was. And just when we were talking while we were getting tech stuff kind of sorted out, you had mentioned that that is what led you into photography, which I think is probably the most random uh, like career into photography <laughs> that I've heard yet. So why don't you tell people... Well, okay, let's back up. First, tell people where you live, what genres you shoot, and then we'll talk about what you did before. Sure. Um, I own Sachiko Studio, which is a luxury portrait studio here in Arcadia, California. And I shoot portraits of women, families, and babies. And most recently, I've added in kimono photography as well. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, we'll talk about everything you do and how you do it all in a, in a minute, but tell people what you used to do before. Well, I am a former professional race car driver. Which is so um, badass, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Um, I was one of the first females um, to pursue drifting in the United States here. Um, wow. when it was a newer motorsport. It's a motorsport from Japan, which is now pro here. Um, and I drove the pro series with my husband as well. And um, we both, that's kind of how we met. So, and that's just, I met a lot of photographers during my time because, you know, women in racing, it's kind of like you're this spectacle. So you meet a lot of photographers, oh, right? get featured in a lot of things and they're just like, oh, we're going to do a photo shoot for this magazine spread and we're going to try to get you on the cover, blah, blah, blah. And then real quick, I learned about what not to do in portrait photography in terms of making your clients feel comfortable <laughs> and uh, not like a right. piece of meat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That could so that's be quite the, the experience. Uh, it was, but it was great because it kind of showed me what not to do and inspired me to be a better portrait photographer than they were and just treat my clients with the utmost respect and make everything fun and easy and comfortable and mm -hmm. all the things that they weren't doing for me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, it's pretty remarkable how many clients that I've had too that didn't have a great experience with another photographer. Yeah. Although I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's kind of getting less and less that I do hear that. And I'm hoping that's because people are really kind of diving into education, like on the portrait system and what Sue Bryce teaches and how, you know, the connection that you make with people and making people feel comfortable. I feel like that's coming to the forefront more so in education, maybe than it was before. I don't yeah. know. I think that's like more than half of being a photographer is your mm -hmm. people skills, especially if you're a portrait photographer. You've got to be great with people mm -hmm. because then you're going to get beautiful, natural photos. Totally. You know. Well, and I always recommend if you're a professional photographer and you've never hired, like straight up hired a photographer to do a shoot of you, I recommend it just so much to do it. Because, I do too, Nikki. Yeah. I I do it every year. I, yeah, I, I do too. Sure. I have to. And I, I kind of don't like telling them what I do either sometimes, but <laughs> they, they end up finding out eventually, but I just don't want to mess with their head. Like I just, I love just being a client mm -hmm. and learning from the experience being a client rather than the photographer. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It just helps us, it helps remind us the things that make us feel really great during a shoot. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, not everyone's perfect. And I've had some experiences of people I hired where I was like, huh, but, but yeah. it's a learning experience, you know, and I'm not in my head. I'm like, you've been there. Don't, you know, no judging, no judgment. This is, you know, whatever. Yeah. Everyone's on their own. I let them drive and yeah. I kind of just come back totally. and just, you know, observe. I will say though, <laughs> I've, I've had photographers be like, well, you know how to pose yourself. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I can't <laughs> see myself right now. Like 
I've got, I've got my kids and my husband with me. Like I know a little, you know, I know what to do, but you have to help me. Yeah. You so, guys, you're driving. Yeah, I'm just sitting yeah, here. Yeah. You tell me. I'm not supposed to be thinking right now. Like <laughs> you can't. I'm getting you to think. No, so. Agreed. Okay. So race car driving, lots of photo shoots, and then that inspired you to become a photographer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to mention by then, um, once I finished racing professionally, I had four kids. And so, and I just love children and photographing them. And, um, you know, I'm around it all the time. So I'm real good with kids. So it was kind of a match made in heaven. Oh, nice. How old are your kids now? Ooh, my oldest is 26. Um, and then I have a 15 year old, nine and seven. So I have a oh, big gap. Yeah. You have first. a huge, yeah. You have the gamut of ages. Yeah. My oldest moved out though. So I'm super happy. So one down, like she's, <laughs> she's, 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 my work is done there. So, okay. So then how long have you been a photographer? Uh, this is my 12th year being a professional photographer. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you first opened your business, what did it look like? Like, did you know what you wanted to do right away? I mean, I know you said you enjoy photographing kids, babies and that sort of thing, but did you like start out with a successful, profitable business from the start? (laughs) You know, I didn't. (laughs) I had $150 shoots uh, because I didn't know what I was doing. And then, you know, friends just asked me to be their family photographer. And then they're like, hey, I'm having a baby. And I don't do babies, but I'll try. And then weddings happened. And I thought I could make more money, you know, shooting Mm -hmm. weddings. So I kind of went through all that. I found Sue Bryson um, 2012, just like a year in on Creative Live, Mm -hmm. and then Kelly Brown, and then the portrait system. So as I learned more, my prices obviously went up. But my jump to like becoming a luxury full service studio didn't come till pretty much like a couple years ago (laughs) to be honest so yeah I mean so many people go through that same experience where they're just starting out and barely charging anything and I think there's something to be said when you're just starting out okay let me say though that there have been people who've come right out the gate charging like twelve hundred dollars I don't know how they did it but if your skills are good enough when you first start, like, of course, but if you still don't know how to use your camera and your lighting isn't great and you're, you know, still trying to figure out how to do all the things, like, you know, you got to start somewhere and yeah, as long as you don't stay there. Yeah. I think it's definitely all a, um, a process, but mm-hmm. you make so many mistakes and looking back, I just couldn't believe how low I valued my services because I was good. Like I was good even back then. I still look at the photos. I'm like, hey, these are still, they're holding Mm -hmm. up. Like they look good. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear you say that. I felt like I was pretty good at the start too. I mean, (laughs) there are a couple things that I was doing now looking back. Like I had this bride and groom. It was one of my first weddings that I ever did. And in their engagement photos, I used a preset and it like changed their eye color. (laughs) And I didn't realize it. And she was like, my eyes are not this color. I was like, oh, right. Okay. Super sorry about that. You know, so they're little things. And okay. One more thing about that. I had an experience with a family photographer where she changed the color of our skin, like from her presets. And I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I know how to change our skin color back to what (laughs) we normally look like. But I think sometimes as newer photographers, or maybe not even newer, but people just get used to presets that might like 
even with the best presets, sometimes you still need to tweak it to make sure you're not changing skin and eyes, like, and hair colors. Yeah, but I think, like, also, you know, when we we put perfume on and we wear it all day and we don't think we smell it anymore and we do, I feel like the the visual (laughs) is the same with retouching. It's like, oh, yeah, they look fine. And then you just get kind of neutralized and you don't Uh realize what you're doing to the image. So Well, and I think sometimes photographers want you to fit in with their aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what's most important to them is that it looks great on their Instagram feed. And I'm like, um, so my husband looks like a corpse. Um, Android. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, what is happening? You know, no, but I I will say every single photographer I've ever hired has given me the most really, truly like I all like, I'm so happy with all the photos I got. It was just like some tweaks here and there. But if I wasn't a (laughs) photographer and someone gave me those, I would have had to go back and say like, dude, you completely changed my my skin. And I probably should go back and say, hey, watch out for that. But yeah. Yeah. I know. know. It's, it's a tough combo. And I used to retouch people's moles off their face and I go, Mm -hmm. Oh, they're like, can you put those back? And I'm like, Oh, sorry. That, that was one of the first like retouching mistakes I did. I was like, Oh, you, you wanted to keep that. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Offensive. So yeah. yeah, It is funny that one more thing about that is I go back and I look at some of the very first shoots that I did especially the ones I did in the corner of my family room when I was building my portfolio there for mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in studio stuff or whatever. Yeah. And I still really love some of those first shoots I did. I'm like, yeah, okay, their skin's over softened, which I learned that, you know, eventually, <laughs> but I was like, dang, I really like that. So, anyway, yeah. if Agreed. your portfolio is of professional standard and if you're not sure if it is or not, ask someone, fine, you know. Um stop charging $150. I guess that's this whole rant that I just went on. That's, yeah. 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 Or $500 or $600, please. Yeah. Get, in, get in the four figures, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Good place to be. Well, let's talk about how did you get into the four figures? Because you start, I looked at your website, you start at, what is it? Like 12 and 1500, depending on the 1500. genre. Yeah. 1500. 1500. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I started in a really small space with small overhead. My rent was like $400 or something, you know, um, back in. And you're in California. I just want to make sure people know that like the cost of living out there is, is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So 2015 I had, I got my first studio. It was like 200 square feet and, you know, I was still charging my terrible, I think I was up to like 425 a shoot, something like that. And Mm then, um, real quick, we, I grew out of that studio and I got a really big studio down the street and I, I quadrupled the size and I'm just like, okay, I need to, I need to get it together because this is not $425 a shoot and I have to pay $1,700 rent. It doesn't compete. It doesn't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I really thought about it and I'm just like, okay, I need to, to level up my game and I need to operate as if I'm the best in the world and just stop this three digit pricing situation. And so I was, I knew what I had to do was to to offer hair and makeup. It was my dream. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if all my clients opted for hair and makeup? And it was funny because some were, some weren't. And I was like connecting them with artists. And I'm just like, wouldn't it be great if I just had my own artists and they worked for me and it was always mandatory. And I dreamt about it. And then I made the jump when I was sick of seeing clients come in 
really frazzled their moms and they're busy and mm-hmm. they were just like, Nadine, I look like hell. I, I couldn't even get myself ready because my kids are being terrible and my husband can't even dress himself and I had to dress everybody and I have no time for myself. And I heard that song and dance like every shoot. And I was sad for my clients because then they were like, the pictures are great, but I wish I looked better because I didn't have enough time to get ready. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that, that I was like the last straw. I was like, okay, I've heard the last complaint guys. And then, so I kind of just happy new year guys. This is the new studio. And I just, I sent it to my email list of, I have about 550 clients on my email list and that's how I communicate with them. So I just, I said, guys, I've upgraded my services and now you can just show up and I take care of the rest. And Oh, I love that approach when you're raising your prices. Like, yeah. More for more. I'm making it so easy. You get to just relax and chill. I love it. And then, you know, I invested in um, 165 gowns in my studio and shoes and bras and nursing pads and all the things. And I just thought of everything. Dress your kids. Now I have to dress the dang husband. So I just have a couple extra (laughs) dress shirts and belts because these guys can't even bring belts and dress shirts correctly. So, you know, I've transitioned over just one new year with a with the resolution I said this is it this is where we're at and then um it took off from there and I I kept the lower priced I I, my lower priced clients they kind of filtered themselves out where they couldn't afford it but the ones that were curious kind of did one shoot and I said I'm going to reward you if you spend over two thousand dollars then I will put you in my VIP club and I will invite you for mini session events for every holiday, like, you know, Valentine's, Lunar New Year, Mother's Day. And those are like lower price shoots for only my VIPs that I know will come back and spend $2,000, but also that they want to come for the smaller sessions. And, and I'm okay charging them the $600 or something for a mini because I'm rewarding them for being mm-hmm. a loyal 2000 plus client a year. Um, so that's kind of kind of how I tried my best to keep keep everybody and keep feeding them, you know, lower price sessions here and there, but also they fall in love with that full service stuff. And then they get addicted and they're like, well, my mom wants to do it again. Let's come back. I'm going to bring my other side of the family. So 80% of what I shoot now is just repeat business. Everyone knows they're just repeat offenders. They're like, they're used to it. They know they come back, they bring more family than the family wants to taste. And then they bring their own family and it kind of snowballs from there. So it's been a good, good transition, but it was, it was nerve wracking to charge that much. This makes me so happy. Yeah. I'm just hearing how you nurture your past clients and how you give them incentives and bonuses and things to come back. And it just makes me so, so happy. I talk so much about this in one of my my new marketing course about how so many people just let their old clients go. Oh, it's they hard. one shoot with them and then that's it. Yeah, it's, it's like, painful. They are the best clients. Mm-hmm. They already know what you charge. And if you are going to do a, a price bump or something, you've got good reason for it. And I love the way you described it. But you already know you like to work with them. They already know they like to work with you. They know the process. They know the experience. Like they are the easiest people to market to. And I think sometimes people forget that, you know? Yeah, they're your tribe. They are your tribe and you have to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love it. And I'm just, I've kept them and, you know, fil- the ones that aren't for you will filter themselves out. Totally. There, there's a few. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, people will pay what they, what you charge because they love you. 
and just give them bonuses for for being, you know, still there and being loyal to you. And they're your lifetime client. That's it. They're your advocate. They're your salesperson. Well, and I like the idea of you doing some sort of special, you know, whether it's like a, I think you do like floral installations or something, right? Yeah, because it's a studio and everyone comes back all the time. So I'm like, I have to change the studio every season. So I do sets for every holiday. And then even during the holiday season, I get multiple set builders in, guest builders, um, and create interest that way. I love that. Is this when you do most of your like mini session stuff is for these special sets? Both. I mean, I'll do, yeah. When I do the special sets, yes, it is the mini session time. And then, um, but the holiday season is the big, the big one where we actually saw more full sessions because people are so excited about the sets. They're like, yeah, well, I want to do both sets and I yeah. want to go outside. So, well, and I have like a love hate for many sessions <sighs> and Sue has talked about this too, because it's, you don't want to just only always be the many session person. Oh yeah. Or maybe Same. you do. And if that works for you, great. But like, it is so much easier to, to have one family come in and have them spend two grand than it is to be shooting like 10 families in a row. I mean, it's just like you, it's, it's just, yeah. yeah you know what I mean? There's, there's a certain but, minimum you have to charge for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. But there is something to be said for offering like something like you're doing with these special sets and things, maybe not the holiday ones, but like the floral things where your clients get to feel special. Like you, you know, the only people who get to do these are my past clients who've been loyal, who spent X amount of money or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it just is another way to make your clients feel special and loyal. And yeah, I really love that. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, I love it too. Um, but yeah, no new clients for minis. That's that's the rule here. So you can't come to me after <laughs> for <Yeah>. little money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I know that like sometimes a, a big a big session of mini shoots can be very lucrative. It's oh, yeah. just is that sustainable for you? I guess is the question I want to ask. You know, to people listening, like just be careful with that. You don't want to get known to be the $200, $250, even $500 mini person. No, it it, it. it ruins it for, I feel like it ruins it for other photographers because then if you only do minis, you become so efficient and you kind of over deliver and give them way too much Mm -hmm. because you're so good at it. And then you're like, messing up the market because then nobody wants to do full sessions because it's like, oh, look what all I get with just a mini session. And then Mm -hmm. it it messes it up for other photographers too. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I always tell my like photographer friends is like, raise your price, stop messing it up for me. Yeah. And and then they they kind of like take a step back. They're like, what do you mean mess it up for you? So, you know, I'm talking about value. So if you can give my client way more than I can for like half the price, it's messing up the market. So for every photographer that doesn't charge enough, you're ruining it for another that, you know, it's, it's harder for other people to value their work. So yeah, there's definitely a fine line there for sure. And, and I think, you know, that's something that Sue has been trying to do all these years and, and most educators all these years is like, we have to set industry standards. Yeah. You know, this is just the expectation that that's what it is. Yeah. You can charge whatever you want, but you can charge Mm -hmm. thousand, you can charge 2000. I'm on my way to 5,000. Like, it's just, you can do it. You just have to be confident in charging it and more for more. Add value to your services. Have you ever had sort of, you know, are things always really good or do you have some ups and downs with business? 
No, it's it's ups and downs. It, it was really funny. COVID was fantastic for me. And I actually grew my business, expanded my studio during COVID. So that's actually surprising. And then all of a sudden, when things started opening back up again, then it kind of crashed. And then I was like, where, where is everybody? And I do my seasonal minis and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, I, I booked three. Cool. Where are you guys at? And it was like crickets. And it was really scary for me. Um, it was just these first like three months of this year that were just completely dead. And I was kind of worried. I, I was I was really worried. And then everything was really bad. So, you know, and, and being a luxury photographer, you know, you start thinking about like, oh, is it the recession? Is it is it money? Are my clients? And and then really what it was, was just my clients are out traveling. Like things are opened up. They want to go on spring break, go travel. And, you know, I, in hindsight, that's what it was. It wasn't me and it wasn't my pricing. It wasn't a recession. It was just like people were busy trying to get back to normal and they weren't worrying about photos anymore. They wanted to go travel and have fun and go to Disneyland and stuff. And it just wasn't front of mind. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, you know, a person who is not financially stable, that could close a studio. Like if you all yeah, of a sudden are yeah. shooting, I'm, I've, I was like shooting maybe 25% of what I usually shoot. And it was really upsetting. So, you know, rather than cry about it, I thought, okay, what can I do to stay front of mind and also work on my studio? And so then I kind of decided to build another side of my business since I wasn't busy. So I started training to become a kimono dresser. And kimonos are are Japanese traditional attire. And it's a really very special art. And it's very, very difficult to learn. People go to Japan to become certified dressers. Like nobody can just say like, oh, I'm a certified dresser. Like you have to go to school for that. And so I found certified people here in SoCal and they actually agreed to give me classes. So then I started taking classes every week and I did about 20, 26 hours of kimono dressing classes as continuing education. So, um, and so, and then I built my kimono collection and I just, I had some money saved and I spent probably almost $10,000 just purchasing kimonos and, and all the little pieces. It takes like 20 little pieces to put a kimono on. Like it's not even the kimono that's expensive. It's like the band and the undergarments and the belts and the shoes and the socks and yeah I mean who know. knew I mean obviously if you're Japanese know. you know probably but who you know like I had no idea that that was that yeah. much going into it yeah and that's what's so beautiful about it though because it's so beautiful to photograph kimonos and mm-hmm. and I'm so I'm beautiful part, I'm part Japanese and like I feel like it's a dying culture you know, because there's so many where I am it's about 65 percent Asian where where I am in SoCal. And they're all Chinese, really. There's not many Japanese. And there's a big difference between Chinese and Japanese culture and and the kimono thing. Like, I I felt like... Okay, did I get that wrong? Is kimono... Okay, I'm super sorry for being ignorant about this. But for kimonos, is it traditionally Japanese or Chinese culture? It's traditionally Japanese. Japanese. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm throwing you off too, because I married a Chinese guy. So my last name is Su, H-S-U. And like, He's Chinese, but I am. 
I, I am half Japanese and half white. So, and, you know, I was born and raised in California, but I do, I love my culture and I really wanted to um, share the art of kimono dressing with my clients. And I thought I can create a new interest in photography by dressing my clients in kimonos and um, children in kimonos. That kind of photography is huge in Japan. So I'm just like, I'm gonna bring that here. So then I started posting a lot on IG and sending email blasts and educating my clients to create the interest of putting their children in kimonos, whether they're Japanese or Chinese or American. It does, it does not matter. It's just some, it's a really fun thing to do with your family. And the parents can dress up. They don't have to dress up. It could be like all about the kids. Mm-hmm. And so I launched that in late March. And that kind of, that was one of the things that saved me where, you know, one, I wasn't sitting there doing nothing, worrying about if my doors are going to close. And two, like I was working on the next big thing, which created a buzz. And then it was fulfilling to me because I'm educating everyone about my culture And then also I went back to all my newborn clients from the previous year and I said, hey, you didn't purchase a milestone package last year, but, you know, little Joey's going to be six months. I'm going to extend this milestone package to you one more time just in case because I don't want you to fall behind on getting those photos taken for the six month and the one year because that's I do a lot of milestone photography here. And so I did get a few pre like they booked the milestone package and those are prepaid. So, you know, that's another, you know, few thousand dollars plus in my pocket of prepaid sessions that were booked during my slow season. So I love how proactive you are. It's not just, oh, I hope people come to me, you know, like, oh, I did a couple (laughs) things and no one's at my door. Like you are being seriously proactive. And I I feel like people at least, you know. I know it ebbs and flows. Like there are times when I don't have to be as heavy on the marketing. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't know. It's just yeah. it's just a continuous thing. And I don't want people to feel, feel like you forever have to be doing all these crazy things. But when things start to kind of wane a little bit, mm-hmm. there are so many things you can do to bring it back up. Yeah. You got to pivot a little bit. And, yep. and in COVID taught us all that. Like, how do you pivot? And I, I feel like that kind of separated a lot of us um, from being like, are you a true entrepreneur or are you going to be like feeling, sit there feeling sorry for yourself and close your business? So right, right. I think that set a lot of us apart. But yeah, I mean, I had to capitalize on the free time and I definitely filled that free time with learning everything kimono. So yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. So yeah. We had um, Mapuana read on and she, yeah. her episode was back in April of 2020, but she talks about her cultural portraits that she does in Hawaii. And it, is she is so incredibly successful with it. And and I like here I am this like white girl like my family doesn't wear anything special or you know like <laughs> unfortunately. But I feel like there's always a way to bring it back to some sort of you know connection to where you live or who you are or whatever like you know finding this little niche of yeah. of something. Like there's so much out there that you could bring it back to. Yeah, agreed. And and genuinely, if you have a personal connection with something that you are trying to share with people, I think they stop and listen a little better because they're like, oh, I want to hear your story and how you are personally connected to this. Oh, this is interesting. I'm in it. 
mm-hmm. okay, I want some of this. So that's that's kind of what my thought process was too. Like it's just it should be seen and and I want them to be seen. And now everyone knows, like, oh, she's doing kimono sessions. And and also I I want to add too that the Japanese culture, they're very closed. And so there's a lot of really old school Japanese people in my area that don't want to share the culture. Or maybe they're just more mm-hmm. closed doors situation and they're just like, oh, Japanese people wear Japanese kimonos and Japanese people will do tea ceremonies and Japanese people, you know. And and I'm like more of the mindset where it's just like everyone needs to wear a kimono once in their life, at least, if not more. And then like there's different milestones for different kimonos. Like when you're seven years old, you wear a different one than when you're nine. And then boys wear one different when they're three versus five. And then when you're 20, you have a special one. So there's all these like really cool kimonos too that I bought. Like, oh my God, I love it. So it's just so fun. So beautiful to photograph too. So yeah, yeah. that's great. Now in other times like that, your business has kind of gone up and down or whatever. Was it, did it just start going up and down like during the COVID times or did you ever experience something like that in the past? I have. I think it's cyclical. I feel like every other year there's, there's kind of like a mini crisis where I'm just like, oh crap, what am I doing? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I built my email list of Mm -hmm. all my past clients, current clients, inquiries, things like that. And, um, it's been really good to communicate with them and just kind of keep keep the business front of mind because there's, of course, always social media, but you're relying on the algorithm to show you to yes, everybody. 100%. And, but I can control my email list. Mm-hmm. And so, and I have a great, I use Flowdesk. F-L-O. I do too. I just talked I about this it. in my course too, about how like email marketing and how to do it. And I was like, I swear I'm not affiliated with Flowdesk, but it's just so easy and I love it. Yeah, can we be Flowdesk? Like, <laughs> it's be? so good. Yeah, and it, it doesn't go to their spam. And I think that's the best part is that it's going to their inbox and not their spam. Because I had that problem before with, I think, MailChimp or something. Mm-hmm. I had an active campaign. Okay, I'm not trying to like dog on active campaign. It's just, I find for someone who, like me who's not a tech email expert, like with on the tech end of it, it, Flowdesk has been like, oh, like so easy. Just like how I feel about Show It with my website. And again, I'm not affiliated with Show It either. It has just made my life so easy to build a well, website. Maybe we, we can be now that we've mentioned them and they're going to get so much more. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, love it. Yeah. The email list thing is, is really, really important. So, you know, what types of things have you done email list wise, I know you do like specials and things, but do you do any like nurturing sequences or anything that, you know, on the regular that you send out or? Yeah. Yeah. And so I I do believe that every email that you send to your clients should not be about buying or selling. Agreed. Like you cannot. And, and so I don't want to be the salesy lady. So every, every few of them I will sell, but I try to focus on a newsletter and talk about what's going on in the studio, what can I educate them about and get them excited and share trends with them. Mm-hmm. And and just give them an update on my personal life too, because 
a lot of them really care about me and, and it's so nice. Like we've become, we have a relationship because so many of them are my repeat clients. So they, they love hearing about my updates on, on all the kids I have and, and just seeing like our latest photo shoot, like we did, cause we do one every year in the end of the summer for our Christmas cards. So it's like, I do my best to kind of do behind the scenes of my personal life with them you know, just so they can feel that connection. So, so yeah, it's kind of like a jab, 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 punch kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I just did a self-defense class yesterday. So I'm like in that (laughs) right now. I love it. I love it. But that's exactly (laughs) what it is. I mean, you have to nurture them in some way. I, I have done these, um, and these got really high open rates. Mm. I, I don't do them so much anymore, but it was highlighting a client and then Ooh. I would ask the client to make me a list of 10 things. Usually it was a woman, you know, just a personal branding. Cause that's what I was focusing on the most, but yep. 10 things that people might not know about them from that, mm. like old trashy magazine that I used to read like <laughs> us weekly or something. They would have that 25 things you might not know about the whatever celebrity anyway. Yeah. And so I would make the title really enticing, like something about that client. Like you'll mm-hmm. never guess where this client um, found herself naked, you know, oh, something like that. Like, good. okay, that was good. I don't, okay, I'm feeling a little weird that that's just what <laughs> popped out of my head when I, anyway, okay. But um, <laughs> anyway, like things like that to try and entice people to open the email. And then it would be a little bit about their shoot and why they did it. And then my favorite photos of them. And then their 10 things about them just kind of intertwined and people really loved it. And I had clients like, can I be a featured on your top 10? You know, I love that. So there's just, there's so many different things that you can do. Like on my email list, you know, I have two kind of two separate email lists, one for clients and one for photographers because I'm an Uh educator, but, and I always do a three on Thursday weekly email letter Mm. and I give tips and tricks and like try to give like golden nuggets. I share like all the ins and outs of all the studios I've had and certain, you know, things that have worked and not worked. And yeah, and I, then subscribe personal. I subscribe to, I, I know. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> We're awesome. talking about your studio and then, yeah. Yeah. I've been going them. through, that's yeah. not the thing I've been doing lately is going through all of the, and this has been like a walk down memory lane for me, sharing all the like, really bad behind the scenes too. Okay. They're not all bad, but like everything was done on a phone really quickly, Um, but but whatever. I've been sharing all, all of my old studios and stuff. And it's been so cool. It like chokes me up a little bit going through it all. But anyway, yeah. The point is, is like you said, you share some personal things, some business thing, you know, I don't know. I love highlighting the clients though. That's really good, Nikki. And and I think like the other, I, I did one other thing too, I forgot to mention, which is doing a client appreciation party. Ah, um, yes. For my anniversary. So we do that every year and I do that at Halloween because I'm a Halloween baby and I love Halloween time. <laughs> so I throw this massive um, Halloween party and it started during COVID because we started it as a drive-through trick-or-treat thing. But obviously now we can park and get out of the car. And so we'll do like a photo booth and the kids will do a costume contest. Everyone takes their photo. We award prizes, like gift certificates to the studio, have the ice cream people here. They, they just have a really good time and they expect that every year now too. So that's also another 
jab, right? And Mm -hmm. then I say, you can bring one friend. And so that's kind of a nod to like Sue's old champagne party situation. You know, just to introduce them to the studio and and the environment. And so so we'll have over a hundred hundred people here, lots of kids, but the costumes are really fun. I said everyone has to dress up, even the families, like <laughs> mom, dad, you too. So. Great. Yeah. Do you do anything special during those parties, like a giveaway or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I think the costume contest is a big one um, where they can win gift certificates to the studio. Um, that's kind of like, and everyone is very competitive. Um, my clients are very OCD and they love the best of the best. So they just go all out. So really, I feel like it's kind of a fashion show because you just see what these people do and they make their costumes. It's, awesome. it's become a thing. So they expect it every year now. So it's the annual Halloween client appreciation event. So yeah. yeah that's great. <laughs> and again, it keeps you top of mind. Well, yes. oh, and you know, you had mentioned that you quadrupled your studio space, but is this your third stu- studio? Are you, cause you said this yeah. one's like 3000 square feet. Yeah. So yeah, I started 400 and then I got the room, well, no, 200. Then I went to 400. Then I went to 1600 and then I went to 27, 2800. So almost 3000 now. And yeah. I did that during COVID because my neighbor was moving and um, he's like, I'm out of here. And I'm like, I'm taking your space. <laughs> and nice. um, I turned the suite next door to mine into my offices because our studio was just growing and growing and growing. So finally I moved all the desks out. So now it's specifically like shooting only. And we have a completely separate suite for offices and it's worked out so much better because we would be doing shoots and kids would be running into the office like, hi, what are you doing? You know, to the right. to my employees. Right. And they're just like, oh my God, your your client's kids really love me. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And yeah, so it's been, it's been a labor of love, but I love having the separate space so we can, I can go here to work to the office and then uh, mentally I can focus better. And then yeah. the studio is just for shooting. So, yes, definitely. Yeah. I've had studios where everything was in one, even like the makeup station. I had to like put that away to get the V flats out and all of that, and which was yeah. fine. But oh man, it's so nice to have that. Yeah, it's a dedicated space. I have two makeup and hair stations, um, and all the 165 dresses hanging in one room with a dressing room and then changing tables. So it's like a very nice getting ready room. Um, and I'm, I'm just so proud of that room. Like, that's what I did with the office that used to be there. So it's, yeah. yeah. Now, it says on your website, too, that you have an office team. Yes. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have a, a studio assistant. And I, I think that I, I tried to operate without one having the studio. But I realized really quick how much more productive I would be if I had someone working for me. Isn't that so, the truth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she's pretty much full time. She is here like Monday through Thursday. And then Fridays, I usually don't work. And then we'll, we'll work like one day on the weekend sometimes because I'm a mom. And I don't really like giving away my weekends. So, um, but yeah, it's been great. Um, she she works with all my clients and in, in styling. We do style consultations. So she'll do those and new client consultations and build albums for me, do time schedules for shoots. Just things like that, like do all the follow-ups and things like that. And then 
I have another employee that works for both my businesses. I have, I have another business. And so I have two other employees for that business and they help me out with the accounting for this business. But then, you know, they're mainly working on my other business. So, so I have three full-time employees here um, and then myself. Um, and I'm really excited because I added myself to payroll and I'm paying myself a paycheck Ooh, for like the first time, you know, because before, I think when you're starting out, you're just kind of like a sole proprietor. You just transfer money over uh-huh. when you have money to transfer. And it just never felt good. Like, yep. you know, like you're not paying yourself. So when I put myself on payroll, that was this year. And that was a really big step I took, um, which was very stressful. And then calculating your salary, like what you should be making as a, a CEO of a portrait studio. Um, that was stressful trying to figure that out because you don't want to pay yourself minimum wage. Like you want to pay yourself a really <laughs> right. nice salary. You're a CEO. Right. So I kind of went through that. And so I feel like I graduated, <laughs> you know, this yeah. year. Yeah. And that's, that was a big, big moment. That was like two months ago. So that's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks. You know, and it's nice too, because having a bunch of money in your business account left over feels really good. Yeah. It's like, well, okay. also, also like when you add the expenses, like when I got the space, I couldn't afford it. I had to make the money to be able to afford Pressure it. Pressure is on. <laughs> yes. And and you, I think the best entrepreneurs are the ones that have to make, they, they have to make it. They're, mm-hmm. they're relying on it. It's not fun money. You mm-hmm. got bills to pay, employees to pay, rent to pay. And so I think that kind of really leveled up my business game is just committing myself and then seeing myself on payroll. It's like, okay, Nadine, you really need to get it together and book these damn shoots because now you on payroll and, and I don't want to take myself off payroll because I'm short on cash or something like that. So that's just, you know, the next chapter is just more money, you got to just focus and mm-hmm. really keep your eye on the prize and still keep it fun though. I, mean, yeah. I still love, love what I do and it does not feel like a job. It's, it's still feeling like a fantasy. Like this is my job. Like, oh my God. Like, and you know, you stop and you pinch yourself and I'm, I'm dressing someone in a kimono and I'm just like, yeah, that's what they're paying me. To oh, do this. So fun and I love so it. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's like looking through your studio, you have a, a 360 view kind of thing where you can look at your studio on your website. Oh. It's really great. I love how you include all of that. But it kind of makes me miss having my own space. Like I, I went down to a, um, a share space and this share space is incredible. It's called Studio Studio in Ann Arbor. Although I hesitate that I keep talking about it because I feel like it's getting booked up so much now but because of you they need when to I go, well no no they just up. have an amazing studio that's really what it comes down to but you know I had two studios for so long one you know two different states that I was managing and I I you know I was doing 10 to 12 shoots a month and I just was getting a little burned out on managing the studio and then when mm-hmm. I started doing this podcast I kind of you know I don't shoot quite as much anymore like a couple times a month as opposed uh-huh. to you know 12 times a month mm-hmm. and so I was just getting burned out and trying to like juggle all the things. And um, anyways, I do the studio share. Again, it's incredible. But I don't have the freedom to go in and change things unless I bring it with me and take it out or decide I'm going to leave it there for other photographers to use. You know, they do events there, things like that. So I don't know. I I get this like pang of like, oh, I really want to yeah, do that again, you know? Yeah, it's else. Lovely, maybe I will. 
It's a love-hate. I mean, I used to be mentored by Jasmine Starr, and it was so funny. She'd be like, don't ever get a space. You know, and it was yeah. funny. Like, some people feel so strongly about it. And then other people, like me, I feel like I needed that to validate my business and inspire me to create more and Mm -hmm. make more and Mm -hmm. elevate my business. So I, I rely a lot on my space. Um, but that's just for me, I didn't enjoy meeting people at someone else's space or going to Starbucks and yeah. Oh, oh, and speaking of going to Starbucks, you said you used to do your photo viewings at Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I did too. That's how I started too. Yeah. And then my first wedding consultation, it was the first one and it was at Starbucks and it was so loud and the internet was so slow and I was mm-hmm. like what did you say did you say yes like I couldn't hear you and ugh, people like- might hate me for this but I hate being at coffee shops <laughs> I feel like so many people are going to be like what the fuck I just I don't drink coffee I feel like the tables are small it's usually crowded and and like it's not cozy I don't know I just don't no I agree I'm busy. not Ugh, I don't like I'm it. not a coffee drinker either. So then I feel oh, kind of okay. like a poser being there. And then everything's dirty. <laughs> yes, it feels dirty. It feels, especially in the winter, the floors mm-hmm. like, well, okay, I know you don't deal with winter in California, but in Michigan, <laughs> like the floor is just like covered in like dirty, wet water. And like people are just like irritated trying to get their coffee. I'm just like, I just don't like any of it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. It's the same. I, I feel the same. I mean, we don't have a dirty floor, but we have homeless, a lot of homeless people because we're yeah. by the train. I'm by the train station in this small town of Arcadia and like they're all at Starbucks camping. So I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, that's Seattle too was like that too. I had to find some different um, Starbucks. I had to go out of the city. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. But, I'm yeah. with you. Anyway, so, <laughs> I mean, going from doing all your photo viewings in, in Starbucks and like I said, I used to bring... Nadine, I used to bring my folio boxes with printed, matted, like gorgeous <laughs> images into the coffee shop. And one time, one of the it, the coffee shop we were going to, it wasn't a Starbucks; it was something else. But it was closed. I don't know why. So I was my clients and I like went to open the door and it was locked. And we looked at each other and I was like, "Well, there's this like fast food Mexican restaurant next door." Oh my so, God. And it was like, basically, there's no one in there. There were big tables and we were able to like spread out and I got some nachos for us to share. And I was like, I'm gonna, I want to kind of want to start doing this out <laughs> of the coffee shop situation. But anyways, yeah. it just goes to show like you, you can really, you don't have to have this big grand space to do it. I'm mm-hmm. an example of that. You're an example of that. There's so yeah. many examples of that. You but it is anywhere. nice to have. Yeah. And I used to go to people's homes too. Like that was the other thing is, is I would go to their home in the comfort of their home to make their decisions there. And Mm -hmm. and that was, that was fun for a while too. But I feel like that could be good too, if you're really heavy on selling prints, because then you're in their home saying, Ooh, these could go here. I'll get them ordered for you. I'll even come over and hang them for you. Like make it super easy for people. I feel like that could be a really great um, I love the the easy button and I just bring all the big things and the measuring tape and I'd be like, uh, and they'll be like, what do you think? Where should I put it? And you walk around and you, you know, it, it's you, the clients leave a lot in your hands and, and I think that they, they want that mm-hmm. and you feel like, oh, I don't want to make them feel like I'm upcharging them. But like you need, they need that photo on the wall and they mm-hmm. want to hear from you and, and what your professional opinion is. So. I feel like sometimes people are stressed out about doing sh- a photo shoot just because they know they're never going to print them and they're going to sit on their hard drive. And if someone is like, I will literally print them and design them and come to your house and hang them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, 
someone would be like, okay. Yeah. Like Where you said, press up? the easy button. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a good commercial for office. I think it's, is it Staples or Office Depot? But like, I think I was it's like, Staples. <laughs> yeah. my, my easy button would be made of rose gold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. At Sue's last self-value workshop, she uh-huh. has a no button and she brought that out and was like talking about like the history of her no button and how she learned how to use it. That's what it reminds me of. Oh, what, yeah. mm, that's a really good one. I love it. Oh. Well, thank you for sharing all of this. This has been really, really great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's it's a dream to be on here. And, um, you know, I listen to the podcast religiously. Thank and, you. you know, you're my um, my morning walk buddy. Oh, you know? thank you so and, much. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys reaching out and having me on. And, you know, I've been a fan for a long time and a member for a long time, but I just haven't had enough guts to be on and, and now I'm well, on. And, you know. Okay, Nadine, I'm glad you said that too, because for people out there listening who are like, well, I don't know, I kind of want to be on, but I don't, you know, I'm a little nervous yeah. or maybe I'm not far enough in business. I want people to just send us a speak pipe. Sometimes we're looking for people who are just doing this part-time, who are kind of on the cusp of becoming full-time, you know, because there are so many listeners out there who are like that. Like, I just want to encourage people, just send a speak pipe. And if you don't, okay, a speak pipe is if you go on to theportraitsystem.com and click on podcast, if you scroll down, it'll say like apply to be a guest or whatever. And we're looking for all different types of stories, you know, and it might feel a little nerve wracking, but I'm pretty sure, I don't know, maybe unless people are talking shit behind my back, but I don't feel like that's the case, but I feel like every time someone's done, they're like, okay, that was way easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, so you, you guys are your own biggest critic. Okay. So just get yeah. over yourself. It's just really, it's really, I think it's something that everyone needs to do is to just stop and smell the roses and get to talk about themselves um, where they're at right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, one more thing. I feel like I've been yeah. talking a lot about myself this episode, so I'm sorry in advance. But We love hearing about you, Nikki. It's okay. I, I go through every so often, I go through my memories on Facebook from that day. And yeah. like every so often, it'll, I'll just think like, oh, I wonder what I was doing 10 years ago in this time. And I pulled up, it was exactly 10 years ago today that I wrote, um, hang on, let me pull it up. It says, it was July 7th, 2013. It says, I would give anything for a pontoon boat on a lake and have a Corona in hand. And here I am thinking, oh my God, I have like a cottage on a lake and a pontoon boat. And maybe it's not Corona anymore. It's summer shanty, but holy shit, like I did it, you know? You manifested that. And I feel like sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for what we're actually doing. So like what you had just said, like give yourself, you know, a pat on the back and just give yourself the credit, get over yourself. Like you have come way further than you think you have. Yeah. Agreed. Give yourself some flowers. Mm-hmm. We, we don't do that enough. It's so sure. true. It's yeah. so true. All right. Well, on that note, I have four more questions for you. I bet you I know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first one is, what is something you could not live without when you're doing a photo shoot? My confidence. Every shoot, a client looks to me and they just kind of, are like a little lost child. They just look at me with these eyes. And it is up to me as the photographer to always be confident in leading them and making them feel like they are taken care of during their shoot. Whether it's where they're looking, where they're posing, what are they wearing, what background are we doing? I always need to be confident 
in what I tell them. And I see that it, they find a lot of comfort in that. I think there's nothing worse than mm-hmm. working with somebody who just kind of, well, I don't know, what do you want? And and not not knowing, like, this is what we're going to do and making them feel comforted because that's what they're paying you for. You're mm-hmm. a competent professional. So I, I really, yeah, my confidence, I, I lean on that a lot. So. Yeah, that's great. It's so important. Yeah. All right, so for number two, but wait, before I ask you number two, I just want to say... Number three is a new question. We're switching up the questions a little bit. So number three is new if you're listening. So just FYI. Oh my gosh. And I get to be the first. <laughs> yes, you get to be the first. Okay, but number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? Well, I am a children's book author. Um, oh. I, I have a book about a girl who races cars. And it's oh, a book. <laughs> I love it. It is a book series called Sachiko Goes Racing. So um yeah, I, I came out with my first book last year. I'm about to launch my second book. So it should be out by the time this podcast airs. How and, cool um, is that, Nadine? I love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love it. I love kids and reading and yeah. Um, and then I, I really love hip hop dancing. So mm-hmm. I do take classes for hip hop and, um, I still race cars once in a while. So those are, those are my loves. Very exciting. But well, of course, my kids awesome. too. My well, my kids are my loves too. But yeah, that goes yeah. without saying, I feel like. Yeah. Okay, number three, new question. What is your favorite photography product? It could be anything that you would recommend to photographers to use. I, I love this question. It was a challenge because I didn't have any notice, but <laughs> I love custom sets when you build a set like there's nothing there's cool it's cool to like get a backdrop with like something on it but Mm -hmm. elevating backdrops by just adding some other elements like florals dried florals pompous crates of things I mean I I do that all the time so I, I my clients love the sets and you could just add something small and it just really elevates it so just having textural elements and, you know, with you and just modify the the set a little bit. It's just, I lean on that a lot and it could just make all the difference. Just one small thing. So I love that. That's more interest too, to the photo. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Very more custom. Cool. All right. Number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? That's a good one. Um, I really think that you should learn how to take a good photo right? Technically sound photo. But the other half of photography, like I mentioned earlier, is your people skills. And you really need to hone in on working on your people skills and becoming a confident photographer, a complimentary photographer, and making sure that your clients, your subject feels at ease the entire shoot. Because I think that is just as important as being able to take a good well-lit photo and focus and things like that. Like you've really got to work on your people skills. So photography is not just about f-stops and apertures and things like that. It's it's your people skills. So work on that and um, shoot as many people as you can and build your confidence up as a photographer. And if you have to approach people on the street and do portraits that way, if you want to become a portrait photographer, I think it's the best way. Just photograph people you don't know. And um, Mm -hmm. you'll learn real quick how to work with different kinds of people. Great advice. Thank you for that. Yeah. And where can people find you online, Nadine? 
I am on Instagram at Sachiko Studio. That's S-A-C-H-I-K-O Studio. And on Facebook at Sachiko Studio and SachikoStudio.com. And my book is SachikoGoesRacing.com. So everything is Sachiko. So, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank this you was so much. Will I see you at the Portrait Masters Conference? Yes, I made the decision oh, nice. to Sweet. come. I've never come before, so I'm I'm really excited to come to Arizona. Fantastic. So, Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. Yes. So cool. I good. will see you there. All right. Sounds good, my dear. You have a wonderful weekend, and, and I will talk too. to you soon. You too, Nikki. Thank you. <laughs> okay, take care. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. 